Howdy, friends. Welcome back to Experience Design with Tony Dosat. I happen to be Tony Dosat. Whether this is your first time tuning in or you've come back for more, I want to thank you for joining me. And if you find value in what you're hearing, please do take a moment to subscribe and leave a review. It's always greatly appreciated. And with that, what do you say we jump into the interview? All righty. First of all, let's just start out by saying thank you to Iwana. And I'm going to let her say her last name because I tried earlier before we started recording and I butchered it. So you go ahead and just say your full name for us. <laughs> Hi, everyone. This is Iwana Telano. <laughs> hey. See, I couldn't have done it that good. <laughs> you would probably know her better as UX goodies on Instagram. <laughs> Am I incorrect in saying that? Yeah, I think so. I think that it's my stage name. <laughs> That's right. And if I would pop open Instagram right now, 55,000.7 followers, and you just had your UX goodies birthday. Yeah. So One congratulations. <laughs> Thank you very much, Tommy. Thank you. Yeah, it's... Um... It's impressive for me as well, to be honest, because um, when I started out, I didn't really had any numbers in mind or goals or I want to get 50,000 followers and I, I didn't really foresee where this would go. So, um, yeah, I just started out uh, doing this uh, daily exercise of summarizing some topic that I read about or that... Uh, um, is useful for me some project I have so it, it started out on a personal purpose and in a way of creating the discipline of summarizing and getting the essential out of the ideas I was exploring then I figured since I'm doing this summaries or quintessential four ideas of anything for myself why don't I share it with people <laughs> yeah. maybe some other persons can find it useful or be UX designers or even senior, junior, whatever their um, career uh, level would be. So um, I uh, discovered that on Instagram, you have this opportunity of uh, delivering very uh, bite-sized, simple, um, summarized content. So I um, took this opportunity and started doing this daily exercise of sharing with people what I was uh, reading about or interested about and so on and so forth. In the beginning, it wasn't that spectacular <laughs> as it is today, to be honest, because yeah. it, it, uh, it started with uh, baby steps. So for the first few months, it wasn't really that much activity. But what I have to admit is the fact that what made the difference in advancing to 55,000 followers in one year is the fact that I didn't give up. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I really was consistent and uh, tried to stick to the discipline that I was actually imposing on myself. So when did it switch from, this is going to be just a little thing I do. Oh, hey, Instagram, let's do it here to I imagine you have goals with it now do you yeah yeah um actually yeah it's the goals that uh, came afterwards of course because it started like a little passion project and now i um i've started to see the opportunity it brought uh, so and also what was fantastic was the fact that i really saw so many people that need guidance that need support that need help especially in the beginning uh, years of their career 
So um, I think that the best part about UX goodies and about any UX community or account like this in general is the fact that it can really make a difference for yeah. some people. Yeah. And this is something that I couldn't see in the beginning because, of course, being small and having not that uh, <laughs> impressive engagement or reach, I didn't really get uh, so many questions and requests for support and guidance. And now I do. I get a lot. And, and somehow I feel like, although I don't have the time I wish I had to invest in guiding and mentoring and helping others, um, even so, I think that somehow this kind of uh, accounts and communities and people doing these efforts can make a difference in people's lives. So this is one of the goals I have now, to continuously help others to make sure that I, in the future, create more bandwidth, <laughs> more space in which to take the time to talk to people personally, maybe have some uh, mentoring um, system. The one thing that I really find it a set objective right now, as we speak today, is the fact that I want to build a, and improve a support system for others. What's the number one question you get from people on Instagram? <laughs> How can I start in UX design? <laughs> Isn't it? It is the number one question. <laughs> yeah, it absolutely is. And I think that um, UX design is a very attractive and fascinating uh, industry at this moment because it's in the first place super beautiful in the yeah. sense that, of course, at the later stage of the design process, it actually has to do with aesthetics and visual and the beauty that the eye sees, but even before that, and the most important part actually, is the fact that you're building beautiful experiences. So mm -hmm. that's, of course, extremely uh, appealing and people, I think, want to be part of that. It, it, it seems like um, a hurdle to climb, but if you really follow what other people have done and study what they've done and then just commit and have tenacity, I mean, it's not something that you're born with. I mean, I, I, certain people are born with certain skills, but mm -hmm. you can learn to be a UX designer if you really commit yourself to it. For example, I didn't study it in college or university. I'm all self-taught. And let's, let's go to your background. I guess we <laughs> sort of jumped ahead, but now let's reverse. Yeah. What, what was your trajectory into UX design like? Did mm -hmm. you study? It's a really interesting, I think it's an interesting story. I don't know if I find it interesting because it's my own. <laughs> but I think it's an interesting story because, yeah, it really had nothing that much to do with design for a while. So this is exactly what you were saying. You don't need a design background. It's not a very restrictive or limiting industry. It's open to everyone. It's what Jared School is advocating these days that uh, everyone can be a designer. And yeah. yeah, there are some disclaimers to be made that of course, to be a good designer, you need some qualities. Maybe some of them are natural, others are educated, others are acquired uh, by experience. Mm -hmm. And um, of course, experience matters a lot, but uh, in the end, it's not a very um, elite, elitist, elitist uh, yeah. field. So everyone can, with enough work and passion and time invested and some qualities in this sense, anyone can do it. So getting back to my story, 
um, I started, uh, it starts 10 years ago when I got my first job. And my first job was, uh, I was in the role of dealing with a lot of problems because I worked in a call center <laughs> in a bank where people used to call very angry. <laughs> Oh, no. And uh, yeah, they had a lot of problems. They were in uh, most of the time um, frustrating situations. So their cards didn't work. They had all sorts of uh, problems with the uh, with the services. This is why they called. Rarely did happen that someone called just to say, "Hey, you're great, guys." <laughs> but, but, yeah, but that also happened. But most of the times, yeah, it was just uh, problems and frustrations. So my first job was meant that I had to deal with all these problems and uh, it gave me this uh, I don't know how to call it attention to problems <laughs> mm -hmm. or passion for solving them or um, it was a need at the time being because that was my job I just had to solve those problems but in time I, I became more passionate of finding patterns in the problems the clients have or trying to escalate um, problems that appeared often and maybe I had an idea on how to fix them and stuff like that. So, and also the entire call center environment being a very young environment, everybody had all sorts of ideas. So it was a permanent uh, uh, fight for improving things, which I think is a big important aspect of UX design. Oh yeah. Finding the right problems, defining them in the right way and uh, doing the right things in order to solve them in the right way. Yeah. <laughs> this is how I started out, by uh, dealing with problems and finding ways of solving them and learning how to solve them. So then um, this was in a bank. It's a bank that I worked for the for nine years of my career. Oh, so, wow. Yeah, it was a lot of time. So you must have moved up from call center to something else. Yeah, 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 I did. So in time, I, um, I advanced to other roles, I, I experimented. I had the opportunity of experimenting a lot. I was also curious and open to any opportunity that came. And for the past years in, uh, I don't know if I'm allowed to name the bank. Am I? Sure, yeah. So it's ING, maybe. I don't know how big ING is in the world. In uh, oh, yeah. Romania, at the time being, it was the coolest and most popular. And all the cool kids on the block uh, were <laughs> ING clients. It was very techy. And it had the best online banking service. Mm. So it was kind of a pride for me to become a UX designer for the, for the online banking uh, service that ING had in Romania. So that's what, that was actually... So I started out as a content, uh, a content girl. So I did a lot of things here and there. It's not really the most clear role. So this is what I always tell to people. Even if you, even if you don't have a clear path, even if you don't know exactly what am I doing now and what I will be doing next year, just go with the flow, do your best, learn as much as you can, because in time things will, will get you somewhere in the end. So it, it, you don't have to know the destination and to know what you're doing all the mm -hmm. time. Sometimes you're yeah, going in the dark maybe. But um, anyhow, getting back to the story, um, the user experience uh, department was created. We had some senior designers brought in. I had the opportunity to grow. Uh, along them, observe them, uh, understand what this uh, industry meant 
while observing and staying close to senior designers, which is something I also always advise other people. It's super important that you talk to other designers, reach out to them, try to try to observe what they do, try to ask as many questions as possible, because most of the time they will be open and yeah, they will help if, of course, the time uh, allows them to. But um, yeah, it was very important to, to have people to grow with next to me and uh, then of course I started to become more and more passionate and reading a lot, doing a lot of, so like you said, that you're self-taught. In a way I'm self-taught because I don't have design studies and maybe, right. yeah, it was um, something that I, I strive for on my own most of the time, but you're getting somewhere. This is the beauty of it. <laughs> And a lot of people, I think, are looking for the answer that's very quick and fast. And it's like, do this and this and you're going to have a career where it's just not the case. And yeah. there isn't a, oh, great, I'm a UX designer and that's it. It's like when I thought like, OK, great, I'm a designer now. It wasn't like a few weeks later until it's like, oh, I have no idea what that even means. <laughs> And it's like the more you read, the more people that you work with, the more the more mentors you talk to, the more meetups you go to, the conferences, you're like... It's the Dunning-Kruger effect, I think. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. One of my friends just pointed that out to me because I'm, I'm doing a talk in a few months on imposter syndrome. And he said, yeah. have you heard of the, the Dunning-Kruger effect? Yeah, that's it. Can you explain what that was, is? <laughs> yeah, I was thinking about the same thing. So it's um, from how I understand it, because I've been, I've been, uh, I've found several versions of it or examples or uh, scenarios in how it works. But from how I understand it, so when you start out in a role, when you learn a few things, you kind of get really fast the idea that, hey, I'm uh, really good at this. I really, I've, I've understood a lot. I know a lot. So you tend to get uh, to have to trust yourself in a way too much and be very confident about uh, your expertise even though you've been in it in a, for a short time. And what happens with this effect is that as you, uh, as you advance in your career and as you learn more and more stuff, at the same time you'll discover that there are more and more stuff that you don't know. Right. So as you, <laughs> uh, yeah, so as you know more, you realize how much more you don't know and that's when this uh, this is right. what effect describes the fact that now you're you're really easily on top and super uh, proud. Of it. Wow, I'm a UX designer and I know how to answer this and I know how to tackle that. And then as you're you grow in your career in a paradoxical way, you start to doubt yourself and feel um, yeah, you feel the imposter syndrome because you realize okay, I know a lot, but there's so much more I don't know. <laughs> so yeah. Yeah, which is natural and you learn to live with it and admit it when you don't know something it's it's nothing to be ashamed of i find myself buying books on amazon and having them shipped i'll see some designer i really respect mention it and i'll buy it i'm already like six books behind on like <laughs> what i'm what i'm planning on reading so it's like i just keep piling and piling and piling it's like <laughs> it, it starts to look like a mountain of unknown <laughs> of like how am i ever gonna read all this instead of something that's really inspiring which mm -hmm. i don't know what that's about maybe i should examine that <laughs> <laughs> well and i always want to i always want to be learning and um i think that's important yeah it's essential <laughs> So let me pivot really quick. Um, it's something that 
I've been curious about that I don't have a perspective on, but in the UX community and in the design world and your career in general, has there been any, where do you live again? Yeah, it's Bucharest. It's the capital city of Romania. Okay, Romania. I don't know what it's like there, but in the US, this field is very male dominated. Is it the same where you live? You know what? This is a very interesting subject for me because I'm, a, as I'm a designer and I'm a very inquisitive and curious mind because you have to be if you want to be a good designer. Uh, I've been trying to find patterns and understand whether indeed there are, because I haven't had yet a, a very concrete way of measuring. So maybe I could have done a survey to ask designers uh, in so, or companies, how many female designers do you have in your company, how many male designers, so I haven't had uh, the chance to do proper research. But I've been doing this sort of um, informal research where I'm going, I'm actually I'm uh, for the past uh, months getting involved with the Romanian Association for UX Design because we have it, we have this in uh, Romania, so uh, the association is doing uh, meetups. And I've organized these meetups and I'm, I'm looking at the participants because I'm really curious whether it will be kind of equal numbers or is there a gap between how many guys come or, and uh, fewer girls. But um, yeah, I think it may be that there's a difference in, in favor of uh, male domination. I think at the time being there are more men doing UX design in, in Romania. I, I don't know... Um, the thing goes like this. Actually, I have two things that I want to answer uh, for the question. Uh, one is that with UX goodies, uh, getting back to my passion project, yeah. um, this is one of the things that I plan on uh, focusing on more in the future, empowering female designers, because um, I've been doing this, um, how do you call them? Maybe not, it's not a top because there's no priority between them, but lists of good designers to follow on Instagram. And that's where statistically I realized that I didn't have that many female designers to include as I had male designers. So on Instagram, for me, it was pretty obvious that it's a male-dominated uh, space. But um, yeah, this is what I plan on uh, doing uh, in terms of the goals that you were asking me earlier. I want to empower female designers to trust that even though uh, it's uh, in most places a male-dominated uh, environment, and I think the reason for this is that UX design often goes hand-in-hand hand with tech. So it's, it's a very, uh, okay, this is a, yeah, it's maybe, it's, it's not only tech, I'm not limiting it to the tech industry, but somehow it's more of a, a techie job so this is why maybe many females may have the perception that it's difficult or you need to know tools and stuff like that and it can become discouraging for them and i think that this is why guys maybe can feel more confident that it's somehow you work with uh, developers you work with uh, product managers uh, often male uh, it's the same with product management, I think, as in terms of male domination. So maybe girls are discouraged to be part of this so entire startup tech-driven guys world. I haven't feel that the people are responsible for it, so that the guys tend to say, hey, let's take the guy because he's more capable. So I haven't had this kind of discrimination happening. Mm. But I do think that uh, we should encourage girls more to, to go for... 
uh, seemingly techy jobs. Yeah. The thing is that I think that in Romania, in certain companies which are a bit more mature in uh, terms of design, uh, what's happening is that uh, the leaders, the design leaders, and not only design, but also business leaders, are starting to realize the um, advantages or skill set that the female designer can bring to a team. So the thing is that, yeah, guys maybe are more, um, I don't know, tool-oriented or uh, they're very analytical or they have some sort of maybe, I don't want to be sexist by any means, but often girls bring more empathy to the thing, team. Sure. So it's the feminine quality of being uh, more diplomatic and conciliant. And uh, yeah, so uh, I think that companies are realizing that the female roles are extremely important in balancing and uh, well-balanced team in terms of... Oh, skills. yeah, a hundred percent. Yeah, I, I've also been doing some internal dissecting of of the podcast, and mm-hmm. it's a lot of male guests, and it's mm-hmm. not it's not by design. You know, I haven't specifically chosen it to be that way. Mm-hmm. It's just how sort of the dominoes have fallen and people that I know. But I think mm-hmm. I've only had like uh, one, two, three, four female guests four or five out of approximately how many 20 okay mm-hmm. so yeah. we're gonna bump that number up <laughs> <laughs> only female guests now <laughs> that's right <laughs> so thank you for that insight i think it's a really interesting topic to discuss and something that i that i think needs to be examined more and more mm-hmm now then, before I get to my final question, I ask all of my guests, we've already discussed it, but where can people find you that want to find you? So everybody head to Instagram and follow UX Goodies. <laughs> it's UX Goodies without any space or line or anything. It's just UX Goodies. So now the final question, which is what object or thing that you own means the most to you or has influenced your life the most and why? And it has to be non-digital. Wow. (laughs) It's a very hard question. Yeah. It's it's almost paralyzing because I have to search in a lot of places in my head and... (laughs) Okay, uh, yeah. Um, You know what's interesting? Let me have a opening for the answer. Thing is that right now I'm gonna be featured in a magazine, a print magazine in Romania, which is super exciting because it's a magazine that I've been buying since I was a little girl. So I'm oh, really wow. to be featured in it. And the topic is uh, talking about lost objects. So now I have in my phone a list of 20, 30 objects <laughs> that I enjoy using or that I love the design they have or stuff like that. So. Yeah, you would think that this list would help me <laughs> answer your question, but yeah, it doesn't. Um, so the object that has influenced me the most, one of the objects that means the most to me is a, a watch, a hand wrist watch, which uh, I got for my 20th birthday from my parents. And uh, it's one of the rare objects that I didn't lose in 10 years. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, it's uh, it's spectacular only by this criteria. I still have it, and it's a beautiful watch, and it's a watch that I've been wearing daily for a long time. And uh, yeah, it's it's like 
the perfect gift for my parents when I'm now a mature uh, 20-year-old that uh, has to be more responsible and not be late for <laughs> meetings and job and stuff like that. So it was, yeah, like uh, uh, the, the first moment when I felt taken seriously. Like, now I'm an adult, I own a watch. <laughs> That's and, great. Uh, yeah, and it's also family gift. So, yeah, it means a lot. It's amazing to me. The I used to never wear watches, and then I wore watches, and then I stopped, and then I got into smart watches, and then I stopped that. And then I got into a regular old wristwatch again. And I'm a, I love it. There's nothing more more well designed than a really nice watch. Yeah, absolutely. Because it's also it's somehow something exterior, but it also serves a purpose beyond just fashion statements or design or anything like that. So it's a it's a beautiful object, and it's one that you can have a relationship with because you have yeah. it daily. And it's this is real deep, but it's like. It's this tiny thing that measures something so ephemeral. Absolutely. Before we black hole into just mind blow. No, let's do it. <laughs> I like this idea. <laughs> so what is time? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's the that's a perfect way to end a podcast. What is time? Go. <laughs> All right, friends, with that, we will call it a week. Again, I want to thank my guest and thank you for tuning in. I hope you've enjoyed this episode, and if you did, don't forget to subscribe wherever you're listening. Also, if you want to look behind the scenes and have even more design goodies in your face and in your ears, you can follow Experience Design on Instagram at xdpodcast. Until next time, friends, stay curious. Experience Design with Tony Dosat is part of XD Media, LLC. All opinions are my own and do not reflect those of my current or former employers. Hosting and publication of the podcast is through Buzzsprout. <laughs>